Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're tuned into the Believe in Bengals show with Solomon Wilcox and Adam Pacman Jones. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe in Bengal podcast delivered by 828 Logistics. He is Adam Pacman Jones. I'm Solomon Wilcox. And Adam, the Bengals check in at four and three, going up against the Cleveland Browns, who are two and five. It's a Monday night tilt. This is a very big game because we lost four in a row to the Cleveland Browns. I can't even believe I'm saying that. But we've lost four in a row to the Cleveland Browns. It's going to be on Monday night. Um, how big is this game for you? For me, this is probably at this point of the season is the biggest game of the year to me. Um, you know why it's big? Because we haven't beaten them. In the last, what, eight <laughs> times, they done beat us seven times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I do know one thing. I think the Bengals is, is going to come out and be on fire. Because, Joe – Joe, it's time to go back home and do a little magic. It's time. It's time to be. A, it's time to do some magic. If anybody can switch that and, and have a football in his hand like that, it's Joe. So I'm eager to see how I go. But I think for a team, um, for a team, Cincinnati, um, for us as a city, this is a big pivotal game of the season. Five and three sound really good um, to me, Sally. At the halfway point, right? At the yeah. halfway point. Look, here is here for me. It, this game scares me because Nick Chubb come in as the league's uh, leading rusher. He's averaging like 5.8 yards per carry. The Falcons are, are, excuse me, the Cleveland Browns are averaging 168 rush yards a week, just like the Falcons did one week ago. Their strength is their running game, and we're going to have to stop them from running the ball. We were able to do it to Cleveland because we got the big lead early and took them out of the run game. How can we stop Nick Chubb? How can we stop the Browns from running the football? Um, last week you said it um, that we we did stop the Falcons. They do have Mariota. They 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 have a, a whole list of running backs with the Falcons. But our thing with Cleveland, we got to control the line of scrimmage of this game. They have four guys that's been to the Pro Bowl, All Pro. That's right, they do. Um, yeah. So I think our our key point of the game is control the line of scrimmage up front. They, I, I think we beat them in all other categories, but we got to control the line up front. Yeah, man, their offensive line is some bad dudes. Nick Chubb leads the league with eight rushing touchdowns. He leading the league with averaging over 100 yards rushing per game. And he's a hard guy to tackle, man. I just see guys falling off of him because he is that bad of a dude. And he is the entire offense. So there's no doubt that we're going to have to deal with him. But you know what? They're going to have to deal with our receivers. They're going to have yes. to deal with Joe Burrow. And this defense, man, they give up a lot of big plays. They rank 20th in the most explosive plays allowed. That's plays of 15 yards or more. They rank 20th in the NFL. They've given up 16 plays of 15 yards or more. 
And you know, we come checking in, ready to run a track meet with yeah. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase. So I listen, I think we have some vulnerabilities in terms of their run game, but I think our passing game can light them up pretty good. And I totally agree. Um, Joe Woods is going to play man-to-man, single high. And I'm eager to see how how uh, Joe Burrows pick up that zero blitz because he's going to get it two, three times a game on third down. Um, and I think T-Boy have a big game this week too. Uh, and he's going to be wide open. You know what yeah. I mean? Joe ain't going to switch what he do regardless what anybody say. I've been with him. I, I was a witness of it. Like, um, <laughs> it's Joe is Joe. So I think we just got to control the game up front. Once we get up, you know what I mean? We'll be, you know, as long as we start fast, that's our way of controlling the run game for them. Cause they gonna have, you know what I mean? They gonna run the ball. They, they gonna get the yards. But if we stop them early and, and we capitalize and score when we get the ball, I think this game would be like it was last week. It should be pretty much over. See, I think there's a reason why they won four in a row against us. I think there's a reason why they've won seven of the last eight games against the Bengals. And I think anytime you have a team that you're playing against and they've beaten you that often, as a coach, you got to figure it out because you can't go in hoping and wishing. You got to say, this is why they've won. And this is why we have not been able to win. And that's got to get fixed. In my mind, reason why they won, and I think you said it earlier, their offensive line have dominated our defensive line. Their defensive line... Okay, with Miles Garrett and those guys, they've dominated our offensive line. And that's where we listen, we could talk about the skill positions all we want. They got a running back, we got a running back. We got a better quarterback and wide receivers. And man, our offensive defensive line have to win this game. If we want to break this and get it, because listen, man, Cleveland in last place in the division. We <laughs> come on, man. We got to just go ahead and be done with them. And let them know that we own Ohio. They're just renting space up north. <laughs> I totally agree. We don't, we don't want to be up north. It's, it's way more nicer down here where we are. So. It's already snowing up there, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, that's to me, that's what we have to do. We got to win the line of scrimmage. Our offensive line have to be very good against Miles Garrett. Our defensive line is going to have to be very good at bouncing the ball and clogging those rush lanes and not allowing Nick Chubb to get into our secondary. If we do that, we win this game. All right, we got to take a break. And when we come back, Adam, we're going to have a very special guest, former Cleveland Brown running back, Eric Metcalf. That's right, Mr. Shake and Bake himself is going to join us right here on the Believe in Bingo podcast delivered by 828 Logistics. Welcome back, everyone, to the Believe in Bingo podcast delivered by 828 Logistics. And right now, joining us on the show, former Cleveland Brown running back Eric Metcalf spent six seasons in Cleveland, 13 in the NFL, was one of the hardest men to get on the ground. E, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, you come to us courtesy of the Dog Check podcast. Uh, man, look, the Browns have beaten the Bengals in four straight games. You've won seven of the last eight games when these two teams have played each other. However, the Browns are struggling. They've lost four in a row now. So what's cooking up there in Cleveland? Man, I don't know. I mean, we can't really talk about what's happened the, the last 
seven or eight games because that doesn't matter this year. Right now, the Browns aren't playing very good football. They're not finishing games. They're, they've been in games, yeah. but they haven't been able to finish, and that's why they lost the last four. And, and, and unfortunately, the Bengals are coming in here hot. You know, they're, they're starting to look like they did at the towards the end of the year when they got to the Super Bowl. I'm nervous, though. I, I, I got to tell you the truth. The run game that you guys have up there in Cleveland is, is, is one of the best in the NFL. But um, to, to get back to it, I, I, well, we can get back in, into all the other stuff, football-related. But I wanted to ask you um, the question about this running back uh, that's in Cleveland right now. Do you think um, – Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, do you think he's one of the best? What do you think about his game? Um as a running back, as a former running back of, of Cleveland? Well, well, of course, and, and I can answer the whole thing that you, the run the gamut that you were just about to talk about, the Browns' uh, strong running game. The yeah. Browns' running game is strong if we use it. Mm. <laughs> mm. I see, from what I've seen recently, we're, we're using and people think that we're getting stops, but I don't think we use it enough and, and we don't use it in the right situations. And so I think that makes it tough on our offense because we have Jacoby, who's a, a, who is who he is. He's a backup, right? And so yeah. We're playing starter. And when you have a guy like Nick Chubb, as you mentioned, who is one of the best running backs in the league, I think you take advantage of that situation because defenses are scared when they're on the, when he's on the field. We're doing them a favor by having him stand on the sideline. I mean, I, Kareem's the guy. And Kareem's how the much – Sideline, we're doing them a favor. Y'all number three in the NFL. How, how much more running do you want want you guys to do? I'm, I'm, I just want to know. I, hey, I want us to run to victory. <laughs> That's a running back mentality, though. That's run right. the ball every play. Run to victory because you know you guys know playing defense that if a team can run the ball and you know they're going to run it, it's demoralizing to you. Just to set the record straight, the Cleveland Browns have the third best rushing attack in the NFL. You guys come in averaging 168 rush yards a game. You have more runs for 10 yards or more than any other team in the NFL. By contrast, the Bengals have the fewest runs of 10 yards or more of any team in the NFL. So clearly, your run game is dominant, but the defense has been giving up a lot of big plays, and that could be your Achilles heel considering what the Bengals offense is putting on the field as of late. Oh, definitely. I mean, and you look at what they did, the Bengals did this past weekend, Joe threw for over 400. All the receivers had nearly over 100. And then you have Denzel Ward and concussion protocol, things like that. So that that hurts you. So while you say the defense has been struggling, I think our best defense is to run the ball. Because yeah. if they, they can't score, Joe Burrow standing on their sideline over there. So <laughs> we're, 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 we're chewing up clock and not only chewing up clock, we have to get points when we chew up that clock because those guys can score any time with that offense. It's lethal. You know, those are really good points you made, Eric, because remember the Bengals are giving up the most sacks of any team in the league through the first two games. And they got off to an 0-2 start, giving up 12 sacks in the first two games. Well, um, over the last two games in which they've won, they've given up six sacks in both of those games. That's three sacks per game. And we've gotten better. <laughs> so, Listen, that's why I want, to, I want to understand how is Miles Garrett doing? We know that he survived a car crash. Um, we, we we're preferably happy that he's okay. But how has he been doing since then? Because I it seems like the production has slipped. And we know that this guy can wreck a game when he's playing at the top of this game. 
You know, I, I think he's doing well. I think he's getting back into form. Um, yeah. Looking at the Browns and, and how they played the Ravens this past weekend, that was probably one of their best defensive games this season. They were able to contain Lamar a little bit. I mean, because if you look at it, if you say Lamar only threw for, for, threw for less than 200 yards and yeah. didn't rush for 100 yards, you expect the Browns to win. It's a good right? day. It's a good and day. So they, very good day. So they did a good job. And, and I think with, with Miles, like you said, he can wreck an offense. But I think Miles is, is at his best when Jadavion is there. Well, what's up with Jadavion Clowney, man? He he shows up one week, take two weeks off, then he show another week, then he take three weeks off, man. When y'all going to get that guy on the field every week? I don't think he going to get on the field every week until he give it a big contract. <laughs> he been doing it his whole career, <laughs> E. And when he was in Houston, he did the same thing. He was a young pup. And, he, and then he was moving on to get a big contract. So he played a year and then move on. Just like, he did, <laughs> like he did in Tennessee. And it's just like he did with us last year. So, we, you know, I think we just got to keep him on the field just so we think he play good. You know, you know what we call that, right? You know, listen, we are from the old school. We call that stealing. He he rob he robbing without the without a gun in the mask. You know what? I, I, I would I would agree with you on most occasions, but when he does decide to play, he can he play. Can, he can he play. Really, he's he, you know, he does he's not one of those guys who you can go and he's gonna have 16 sacks, but he's disruptive. He can yes. play yeah. play a deep tackle. He can do everything in the run game. So he's everything that you want in a player because he can play multiple positions. It's just is he going to be out there? Hey, man, I, I I love when he plays, he can bring it. And yeah. he's built like a Greek god. Can't no one block him. And as Bill Belichick would say, your former coach, your best ability is your availability. So tell, tell me how you think this game's going to go. How do you see both teams track, um, sort of stacking up? Joe Burrow and those three wide receivers going up against the defense that gave up a lot of plays in Cleveland. And your run game for the Cleveland Browns going up against the Cincinnati Bengals defense? I mean, I think we run the ball well because, I mean, we have on everybody if we just continue to do it. And everybody says you can't just keep running these guys in the ground. No, it's it's not that you keep running them in the ground. It's how you do it and when you do it, as you guys well know. And so I think we can use that to our advantage in, in order to, to win this game. But I it's, it's going to be tough when, when the Bengals are on offense. So, I, you know, for the most part this year, I've, I've been a homer. I think we could have been 7-0. The Patriots got us. So maybe we could have been 6-1. and We just didn't finish. So I can't go with the homer anymore because the Bengals are playing well right now. So I think it, I think it fares well for the Bengals. Well, well yeah, we got to get to break, and we appreciate you taking the time to join us. You know, when Joe Burrow comes to town, it's going to be a Monday night game in the Battle of Ohio. We look forward to seeing you, my man. And thanks again for joining us on the Believe in Bingo podcast. We'll be back right after this. Again, the Believe in Bingo podcast delivered by 828 Logistics. Welcome back, everyone, to the Believe in Bingo podcast delivered by 828 Logistics. Adam Pacman, Jones, Solomon, and Wilcotson. Right now, we're joined by the Cincinnati Bengals second-round pick, Cornerback out of Nebraska, Cameron Taylor Britt, joining us on the show. Cam, how you doing? And I'm doing great, man. I can't complain at all, man. How y'all hey, doing? I do, we're doing great. Adam, go hey, ahead and kick it off. Can we doing way better now? You in the rotation, first and foremost. <laughs> hey, hey, you look good. How's the core from the surgery? Uh, let's tell us how you feel and all that. First and foremost, being honest, it's like I didn't even have the surgery, so <laughs> we're 100. Uh, 
could have went week two, but you know how the rules go. But you know, now that I'm back, I'm better, and uh, you know, I took those mental reps, and now I can you know apply it to the game now. Well, we love. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say we love the way you play. We love your style. We know about your versatility. I told Adam, I said, man, this guy was a quarterback in high school. He used to have a, he used to have the rock in his hand. Oh yeah. And so, just tell us a little bit about that and how you transformed it to a defensive back, and and in what way did playing quarterback help you in what you're doing today? Well, I, I didn't want to play quarterback. I'll say that first. Uh, I was always forced to play it because I could do it, and I've always been that team player. Uh, so if we needed it, uh, I was there to do it. Uh, it started in middle school. Our quarterback was too short, and they were like, uh, if you can see over the line, you I was like, all right, I'll do it. So it started there, and on the high school, I wanted to play, you know, receiver and, uh, and defensive back, so either corner safety and receiver. I was always going to camps for that, and it never – I got offers for it, but once I got to high school, it was nothing but quarterback. Uh, I had two injuries, which uh, I've talked about multiple times, sophomore and junior year at the quarterback position, and that just wasn't it anymore. Uh, I wanted to do some hitting, and I didn't want to get hit anymore. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And you know what? Here's the thing, and you played safety and corner at, at Nebraska, but people should know. Yeah, yeah, you played every – and you were a team captain. So that tells me a little bit about your leadership skills and you're a team guy and just you can play everywhere back there. What has it been like now that you're starting to get into the games and that you're getting more reps? Uh, honestly, uh, it's slowing down. Uh, just even with that first game, I mean, with the guys that I'm playing with on that back end, uh, Savvy Betts most definitely. I got Cheeto, Jesse, Vaughn, and Eli. Uh, those guys have played multiple games and seen multiple guys that I've you know, seen on TV, and they matched up against them. So uh, all the knowledge that I can get, I'm always in their ear. Uh, they may call it annoying at times, but I got to get mine, and I need to know. <laughs> so after after this great performance, we want to know, like, what's what's the rotation over there? Do you have any idea how many plays you'll be playing this week? Are they easing you back in like they did last week? What's the game plan for y'all? Honestly, it might be a little rotation here and there. I don't know just yet. Uh, it may be the same as this week. But whenever that time comes, just know I'm ready to go in and make a play. You can play. You can play outside. You can play inside. You can play deep as a safety. You can play in the box. Tell me the part that uh, that you maybe enjoy the most, and some of the elements of the game that you feel come very natural to you. Honestly, either one. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. just honestly whatever the coaches need me to play. Uh, like you said, I played all three positions before, and. So I started at Nickel uh, my sophomore year of college. And, and uh, no, yeah, I started there, but our safety got hurt our first game of the season. So I had to move to safety. That next game and just basically play off my ability. Uh, I knew the plays, of course, but, you know, just as far as that speed back there is different. Uh, and then my last two years, I went to corner. So just coming up here now, uh, just, you know, primarily corner. Uh, I was, I'm glad I was able to, you know, focus on that my last two years. So I got to see a lot from the outside perspective. Uh, you know, I like being on that island. You know, it, it's Juice Island over there. Hey, uh, I like it. <laughs> Lou, Lou Anaroma is one of our favorite guys to talk to, man. How, how is it playing for him as a defensive coordinator and um, all the adjustments that he do, do um, in the second half? How is that? How, how do you how do you um, like playing for coach? Um, and what do you what do you think about the stuff that y'all doing over there in the second half? Uh, honestly, uh, how he he would say, you know, or uh, other coaches would say he's a 
uh, crazy, man, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but, but you need that as a defensive coach, man. I That's right. Hard, I love the hard-nosed coaching that he does. Uh, and he's straight to the point. I'd rather you be straight to the point than beat around the bush with me. And he's always been that since my first day I got here. Uh, even on my my top 30 visit, you know, he kept it straight to the point. And, you know, I appreciate him more than anything for that. Uh, that was about it, man. See, I want, I want to tell the Cincinnati Bengals fans – what an emotionally mature young man you are. Because when I first brought you to the house, you came in my office and you were a Nebraska guy. Yes, and you know, Nebraska guys and Colorado guys, man, we are, we yeah, butt heads, right? <laughs> so when you came into the house and you saw this, you almost turned around and walked out. <laughs> almost, almost. You almost, but you took it easy on me. You said, yeah. you know what? Okay, I'm going I'm to I'm rise above it. And uh, and you settled in and you were okay. And I want you to know I always appreciate that about you, okay? Thank you, man. I appreciate you for having me. I'll be over soon, too. We're back. Believe in Bingo Podcast, delivered by 828 Logistics. Man, it was so great to have Cameron Taylor Britt on this show. I've been trying to get him on this show, man, ever since he arrived. We had to let him convalesce a little bit. But now I think Bengals fans are going to see why we've been so high on this guy since we drafted him in the second round. Let's now talk about the Battle of Ohio and why it's called the Battle of Ohio. And I think for every single one who's played in this battle, particularly for the Bengals players, it might mean something a little bit different. So, Adam, what is the Battle of Ohio? What does it mean for you? Um, The Battle of Ohio, it it means something different when you wear the Bengals because Mr. Brown normally comes in and he, he gave right. his speech um, right. before the season and the week of Cleveland. And he yeah. tell you about how his dad built this family business, um, right. left Cleveland because he wasn't seeing eye to eye with them and came to Cincinnati and built the Bengals. And um, he talks about his family and, and, and different things. And his dad been in the Hall of Fame. Um, this is a big game for anybody that stay in the state of Ohio. Um, this game means a little bit more than all the other games. I will say that. But where are we at today? Like, this game? Like, it used to be, you know, we, we still, the Pittsburgh game is still up there as number one. But this game right here. It's big. This this is a big game right here. Like, this is almost like the backyard brawl. You know what I mean? It's that That's big right. of a game. So. Yeah. So it for me, it's a big game because it sort of honors the history of of really football at every level, high school, college and pro. And Paul Brown, who I played for, I was here. He was here when I they drafted me out of Colorado. And I remember the first time I met him, we had come in. I ran a 40 time and I was an eighth round pick because I didn't get my letters to the senior bowl. I didn't get a lot of my letters. I didn't get to play in at least three all-star games I was invited to play in. And he came over, he said, oh my goodness. He was like, he was looking at me like, yeah. He was like, I couldn't believe you're eighth round pick. And uh, and then he started telling me, you're gonna have a chance to make this team. You, you're gonna be okay, son. And, and and it just made, you know, he didn't have, he was the legendary Paul Brown. So when a guy like that comes over and gives you props, you feel good. And this is what people should know. The Cleveland Browns owe a debt of gratitude to Mr. Paul Brown and the Brown family because their team is named after Paul Brown. He was their very first coach, 
going all the way back to 1946. Do you know he won a national championship as a head coach at Ohio State University, the Ohio State, in 1942? He won a state championship at Maslin High School as their head coach in 1939. His first 10 years as the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, they won a championship in seven of the 10 years. In the other three years, they were runner-up. Preach, preacher. How you going to go to a championship your first 10 years? You win seven of them, the other three years, I will let you have one or two. That's what he's done. And then, after they got a little too uppity, Mr. Art Modell, and he left the Cleveland Browns, came right back. One year after he goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he starts the Cincinnati Bengals in 1968, and they ain't never looked back. And they started playing this Battle of Ohio in 1970. And of the 97 career games they played against one another, the Bengals owned the series 51 to 46. Mm. So Cleveland Browns, we got you surrounded, bruh. We own you. Literally, we own your name. So just bow down. Give us our props. Joe Burrow and the boys coming to town for Monday night, Adam. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, sir. Now, that's why it's so special. Did y'all hear all of that to the (laughs) listeners and everyone? Um, The Browns are called the Browns because of Mr. Paul Brown. Brown. There you go. Come on, preach, preacher. Just let y'all know. There's yeah, yeah. If there was stock, we 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 own most of the shares in that team. Come on, okay. But we're respectful. We're gonna be respectful to Cleveland Browns. They've won seven of the last eight, including each of the last four games. It all comes to an end on Monday night. Don't forget to continue to watch Adam Pacman Jones and myself right here on the Believe in Bingo podcast delivered by 828 Logistics. We want to thank Eric Metcalf. We want to thank Cameron Taylor-Britt for joining us on the show. He is Adam Pacman Jones. I'm Solomon Wilcox. Thanks for joining us right here on Bally Sports Ohio, everyone. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.